Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I'm Joe Masato, joined by Barry Trammell, here to recap the Thunder's 90-85 loss at the Orlando Magic on Sunday night. Um, you know, a lot of times I start off by saying, oh, that was a fun game. That was not a fun game. It was very unpleasant. It was very, <laughs> it was an ugly watch. Um, in the end, uh, you know, obviously it's a it's a short-term loss, long-term win for the Thunder. This was a very important game when you look at the lottery standings. And other than that, um, I don't have a, a huge takeaway. But just before we started recording, Barry, you said you have a lot of thoughts. So I'm just going to let you go and, and let's let's hear some of your thoughts. Well, here's my immediate thought. The Thunder had, uh, what did they have? Was it 18 turnovers? 17? I think it was 17. 17 turnovers. 16. They shot 30, 16 turnovers. They shot 32% from the field. They scored 85 points. And they almost against, won. <laughs> against Orlando, by the way. Against Orlando. Now, in the last, what, two or three weeks, we have been watching the Thunder without Mike Muscala, without Kenrich Williams, without Lou Gantz Dort, without Josh Giddy, but with SGA, with Shea Gilgis-Alexander. In other words, the guys we watched tonight plus Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Yeah. And they've been scoring 111, 125, 119. I'm just making these numbers up. I actually don't have the list of scores, but they've been scoring some high numbers. SGA sits out. And this is what we get. Is it possible that SGA is the best offensive player in the NBA history since Wilt Chamberlain? Is that possible? Yeah. Is he, is he like a, the difference? Is he like the difference? A forty-four point difference in his in his team's net rating or something? Tonight was a pretty good proof point for that. You take away right. Shea Gilchrist Alexander, and you're like, he was playing with this these guys and and doing what he was doing with these guys. <laughs> How's he ever get an assist? Uh, you know, I. I, you know, I listened to True Hoop, a little bit of the True Hoop blog last week, and they were they actually started comparing Ja Morant and SGA, and they love Morant, they love Morant, but I think it was David Thorpe said, you know, you need to keep your eye on SGA. Go look at the Thunder's on-off uh, on off court numbers with yeah. SGA. And just how terrible. He said, they're not any good with him on the court, but they're terrible without him, which... Yeah. That played out for well, 48 minutes tonight. Well, well, yeah, think of this. The Thunder has the worst offense in the NBA. That's with Shea. So you take, <laughs> you take him away, and it's just oh. beyond bad. You know, it, it, looked like beyond the, bad. It, it looked like they might win there about four minutes, five minutes left. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what the lead got up to. You know, I think it was two, which in this, in this kind of game might as well be 20. But – um, yeah, well, they they led seventy six sixty nine, and then the yeah, magic went on. The magic went on a big run. Thunder just had 
you know, several minute scoring droughts. And yeah, the numbers are horrible. 33%, 27% from three, 16 turnovers. The Magic actually committed 21 turnovers um, and they weren't really any good either. They, they won by shooting 39% from the floor and 23% from the uh, three point line. The, the difference in this game was Wendell Carter Jr. If he, if he doesn't play, I, I don't know who wins. He had 30 points and 16 <laughs> rebounds and was pretty dominant. So, um, yeah, Darius Baisley scored a team-high 18 points on 6 of 11 shooting. Um, what would you yeah, think of I mean, there's no reason <laughs> to dissect the offense on this, but, yeah. <laughs> but it's fun, too. Look uh, at Poku's line. Yeah. Uh, this is Baisley, who's actually – I'm not saying he's become a great offensive player or even a good offensive player, but for the last two weeks, he's been a really productive and efficient offensive player. And he was good tonight. Six of 11 shooting. He got to the line a few times, seven times, made two threes. Anyway, so you got no SGA, you got no Dort, you got no Giddy, you got no Kenrich Williams, you got no Muscala, you got no SGA. And so you have... Poku shoot 20 times. He made three. You have Roby shoot 10 times. He made four. You have Theo Maladon shoot 10 times. He made three. You have Trey Mann shoot 19 times, which actually was, you know, probably not silly. But he only made five. And Baisley, he shoots 11 times. This is a night Darius Baisley probably should have got about 30 shots. Well, and Aaron, you missed one. Aaron Wiggins was 0 of 8. Aaron Wiggins, oh, they, you know, he hadn't been any good since he came back. Yeah, he that's, struggled. That's not, that's not good. I don't know what's going on. But um, it, was, it was a horrendous offensive night, no doubt about it whatsoever. <laughs> but, but we could have just stopped the podcast after that. But you know what? It's a game they needed to lose. And now yeah. we, Indiana's won two in a row. It's over. Thunder's not going to be any worse right. than fourth in the lottery. That's no. over. Yeah, there, so, there's there's no chance of that. They, they're four games clear of that fifth spot, and for the longest time, Barry, we were we were saying, you know, it's going to be a win from for the Thunder if they can just stay at four, just stay at four. Right. And now it's totally flipped. They're for sure falling no lower than fourth. And you look at it now; they're a game behind the Pistons, uh, ahead behind. I don't know what we're supposed to say. They're they're a ha- one and a half games now behind the Magic, three games behind the Rockets, and they play the Magic on Wednesday in Oklahoma City. So um, they definitely have a shot to finish third, even second. I mean, that's not even out of reach now. They're only a game and a half back of Orlando right now, who has the second-worst record in the NBA. So it was a brutal game to watch. It was a just, I mean, bad on both sides, but it was a – very important win for the Thunder. It might not turn out to be. Who knows? That all gets sorted out on lottery night. But the Thunder is just looking for incremental chances to add to their um, hopes of getting a number one pick. And, and tonight does that. And it hurts the Magic, one of the teams they're competing against. So it's it's kind of the the dirty underbelly of the NBA and, and the lottery and stuff. But we saw it in full force tonight. It was actually exquisite timing by the NBA, you know, schedule this schedule this matchup on a on a uh, uh, round of thirty two Sunday when the whole basketball universe is watching the NCAA and nobody's paying attention to Thunder Magic and five o'clock tip in God's country. Uh, so um, 
It was it was not stellar basketball. It it petrified me for the Magic though. <laughs> they had all their players for the most part, right? Yeah. Well, Who were I they mean, missing? They were missing Jalen Suggs. Yeah, Suggs. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac's been out the whole year. Um, yeah, they're missing Suggs, but they had they had Wagner, they had Bamba, they had Carter, they had Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, um, and it was not pretty at all. Not at no. all. The Magic are a really bad team, but they, on paper, they were way better than the Thunder tonight. Way better. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Way, and, more know, ta- way more talent. I, I've always liked, and Wendell Carter was clearly the best player on the floor. I always liked him in Chicago. I thought, yeah, you know, I thought he's good defensive center. He doesn't have great offensive skills, although what he made, he made two or three from deep today. Yeah, um, he's so a good player. He's a good player. He's the kind of center you know the Thunder could do worse than getting a guy like him playing center for him. Yeah, if, for if, sure. If if they don't get to draft you know one of these superstar type guys. So, um, now, I was very intrigued to watch uh, Franz Wagner play because he's, you know, the highest-scoring rookie, or he was. I don't know if he still is. Um, everybody's excited about him. He didn't look any good at all. He didn't look better. Any- I didn't think he was the best Wagner on the court. <laughs> and I didn't know until the second quarter that his brother was playing <laughs> with him in Orlando. Uh, yeah, he, did, so, he didn't have a good game. Um. And Cole Anthony, I don't know what he's doing. He's their leading scorer. He's Orlando's leading scorer, and he was terrible. He's one of seven. They just had uh, Robin Lopez and Terrence Ross sit- sitting over there on the bench, and former Thunder preseason great Admiral Schofield. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, let, let And I, Gary I, Harris, what's he? <laughs> is he trying to get a bonus from the management for trying to lose? And he was two of ten. Missing badly a lot. I didn't like. I didn't like that team at all. I mean, I didn't. I didn't like their promise. It's one thing, you know. You look at Houston and you say, "Oh, there's a couple of guys." You look at the Thunder. Hey, there's a couple of guys. You look at Detroit. You say, "There's a couple of guys." You look at Orlando and you say, "Golly, they're gonna they're gonna stink six years from now." Yeah, I know. And they, I don't know. It's just not a lot of reason for hope. Just just with them and. They've just barely missed out on some super high picks and just haven't been able to get it done. And obviously Vucevic was a good player. Aaron Gordon was a good player. They trade those guys. And I'm not sure they've made a ton of progress. Now maybe some of these picks will, will convey. But, um, yeah, they're they're in desperate need of just just like the Thunder or even more so just given their lack of direction. If they get a number one pick, could turn it all around and we could be talking about how exciting they are. But they're a long way off from that right now. The tragic kingdom, as it were. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, we, we sort of backed into this, Barry, but um, Shea Gilgis Alexander, all three games on this road trip, he's been listed as questionable with a right ankle soreness. Remember, he had that right ankle sprain that caused him to miss a month. He played in the first two games. I uh, did not expect him to play in this game because – the Thunder had an easy, easy explanation. It's a back-to-back, um, and Mark Dignall said he didn't think he's ready to play a back-to-back. And from a strategic standpoint, if you're going to sit Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you might as well sit him against the Magic instead of the Celtics, because even if he plays tomorrow against Boston, the Thunder are probably going to lose. Um, were you at all, you know, surprised 
by Shea sitting out tonight? No, I would have been surprised and quite dejected if he had played tonight. They would have won if he played tonight, probably comfortably. Maybe by 25. Yes. Uh, <laughs> the Magic may have flown the white flag there in the third quarter if SGA's on the court. But, um, you know, I think it's, it, it was his good strategy to do it the way they did, listening, you know, the way they did um, for a couple of days. So clearly it's the best move. Um, you know, the Thunder is now one win up or down, however you want to look at it. They've got one more win than both Orlando and Detroit. They still play Orlando and Detroit. Yeah, so both at home. Last couple of weeks of the season is going to be very interesting. So, yeah. um, so I didn't have any problem with it. If the NBA, you know, if the NBA doesn't like it, uh, you know, they can, they can eat grass for all I care. So. Yeah, I also have no problem with it. Like you said, it's – I mean, it would almost be organizational malpractice if he did play tonight. Um, so it makes sense from that standpoint. Um, but I guess a, just a peek behind the curtains, I do struggle with it from a reporting standpoint because I still have to ask, you know, why Shay not playing and all of this stuff, even though I know the answer to that, or at least I feel like I still have to ask that stuff. So it's like everyone knows what's going on. But you still have to say something about it. Still have to write something about it, and it just is, gets a little uneasy there. It's unseemly. There's not any question about it. It's like, you know, it's like working in a sausage factory. There's not any question about that. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? People like to eat sausage. People got to work. <laughs> you got to have so. You know, it's, it, if if we if we don't understand it, we can call Sam Presti. He'll explain it. It's the best way to rebuild. So, next question move on down the road um but uh yeah but it was it was gruesome i would say you know most of the time they're playing they don't play orlando most of their competitors for the worst record are in the east so they don't play them as near as much so they're always playing an interesting team utah or you know whoever um trying to think uh denver you know the lake the la teams whoever it might be they don't play Orlando or Detroit or Indiana that often. And, and frankly, they've only, you know, they played them all in the back half. They had that game with Orlando, uh, Detroit early in the year. Yeah. But outside of those teams, we well, saw even, none of them. Even like the start of this road trip in San Antonio, San Antonio's not good. But it, you know, when, when Shea's playing and the Spurs are better than the Magic, like that didn't, that didn't feel off. But gosh, tonight it's like how... How's anyone going to try to watch this again <laughs> a few nights from now? Uh, yeah, it was not good. It was I, not good. I, I'm actually taking tomorrow's game against the Celtics off since it's a road home back-to-back, but I should have taken Wednesday's game off on, on second thought after watching that. But um, that, That's Orlando's back in town, right? Yeah, Orlando's back that, in well, see, town. See, that's, no, that's huge. It's a lot it's bigger huge. game than Celtic. It's huge. It's not easy to write about or fun to write about. Or it doesn't no, it, even it's, make it's any a sense. Way, it's a way it's, bigger game. It's it's fascinating. Yeah. You know, if the dang Magic had beaten the Pistons the other night, I think that game was in Orlando, I think. If that had just happened, Thunder would be tied with the Magic right now in wins. Yeah. Just uh, f- for all you um, non-Tankathon followers, just to, just to break it down, the difference between finishing third from last and fourth from last. So, number one pick third from last as as first and second um, have a 14% chance 
fourth place, 12, fourth from the bottom, 12.5% chance, so a 1.5% difference. Second, 13.4 versus 12.2. Third, 12.7 versus 11.9. Fourth, 12 versus 11.5. Fifth is a big one, 14.8% versus 7.2%. Sixth, both of them are high, 26 and 25.7%. Um, but after that, if you finish third worst, you can fall no lower than seventh. If you finish fourth worst, there's a 2.2% chance you fall to eighth. So it's all incremental. It's all small. It might be insignificant, but you you have to try to give yourselves the best odds possible. That's true. And I mean, it's you're ta- when you talk about two percentage points, I mean, that's the difference between a guy shooting 33% from three-point range and a guy shooting 35% from three-point range. Yeah. One's we talk about actually, those guys a lot differently. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it sort of matters. Now, in, unlikely that it, it makes that big a difference, but you just got to do whatever you can. Yeah. Um, got to do whatever you can. Just moving on. Uh, first in this game, we, we talked about um, Poku's bad line. He was 3 of 20. I felt, I felt bad for Trey Manbear. He was 5 of 19, just couldn't get yeah. it going, and – he had so many he people clearly, in the seats. He clearly was pressing. Yeah, um, I thought so too. It's probably good for the Thunder that all those people showed up. Uh, your story was fantastic about the villages, oh, the retirement, thanks. the retirement. Uh, people don't know what the villages is. When we say retirement community, we're not talking about you know a, a collection of buildings on May Avenue or something. This is like a, a town. A planned community of like 30,000 people live there. I mean, it's a massive place. It's a huge place. It's, I guess the best way for people in this part of the country, and it's, it's bigger than this, but it's a little like Bella Vista, Arkansas, which is sort of the same thing, a retirement, a planned retirement community over there in the Ozarks, uh, north of Fayetteville. It's a little bit like that, only it's more elaborate got their own police department, their own school system, all kinds of stuff. And it's um, just, just people from all over America go there and retire. And yeah. they have a school system because the people who work and keep the city going and all that have kids. And Trey Mann's dad, you wrote about it, he went, he went there and was one of the uh, transportation drivers. They have shuttles taking people all over the yeah. place, you know. And uh, he, apparently, you know, uh, the uh, the senior citizens of, of this this Florida town love their basketball and get behind the local high school. Trey Mann's the greatest player they ever had, so they've been crazy about him and have a huge following for their team, even when they don't have a Trey Mann on the squad. So it's a cool story. And now he comes back. Uh, you know, he's played two years at Florida. And now he's with the Thunder. And uh, one of the, one of the guys quoted in your story said, you know. We probably know more about the Thunder than, than people of Oklahoma, <laughs> which it very well could be this yeah. season. Back in the Westbrook days, Durant days, no. But today, yes. But it was a cool story, no doubt. So he's got, plus the Florida connection, there's no doubt he had over well, well over 100 people there, just specifically, that he knew and were cheering for him. And it's natural to press, and he was not very good tonight at all. Um, and he'd been, he'd been really good um, yeah, uh, for a good chunk of this season, I sort of slumped here in recent weeks. But uh, yeah, he he clearly was pressing, and I felt bad for him on that regard. Um, 
He certainly got a lot of looks tonight. What would you say, 19? Is that what you said, 5 and 19? Yeah. Yeah. And two of those baskets came late. Um, so, yeah, rough, rough night, but but definitely a cool story and uh, happy that, you know, he had so many people here to support him. Uh, let's, let's wrap up with some prospect talk. Were you able to watch um, the Memphis-Gonzaga game? Just a little bit, not much. Okay, um, okay. Uh, one eyeball type thing because they played at the same time as the OU women. But uh, I'm actually a little more impressed with Chet Holmgren than I was going in. Um, he needs about you know 20 pounds of muscle on each leg. It, that'd get me more excited than anything. But he's clearly skilled, and he's clearly what's the word? Oh, it's not. He's not. He. He's not strong, but he's a little bit more durable, I would say, than than maybe I thought he might be. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he I think he can be a really good he, player and maybe a star. I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty physical for as skinny as he is, yeah. and he he he's kind of a fighter. Like even though yeah. you know he's given up he's giving up a hundred pounds or seventy five pounds to Jalen Duran the other night. And I, I was, you know, obviously Holmgren's a better prospect than Duran, but I was far more impressed with Chet and just his length is so disruptive around the rim. Like, guys don't know what to do with it. Um, I think his offense is going to look even better uh, in the NBA given the spacing. So um, really high on, on Chet. I need to watch more of Jabari Smith to see, kind of uh, compare those two guys. Saw a little bit of Jay Nivey. Any any other top prospects you've seen, um, Barry, that, that you want to mention? Well, I watched a good chunk of the Duke game today. And yeah. I am not trying to say this is true every night. The guy that most impressed me was their seven-foot-one center, Williams. He looks better than the other two guys. Now, I know that Paco and, and A.J. Griffin are excellent, excellent prospects, and they'll go very high. But I was very impressed with that Williams guy. Yeah, good Williams. hands and good skills. I don't know. Was he is he projected to go or not? He, yeah, he's know. projected to go sort of back into the first round. So he, he might be a guy who's there with him. that thirtieth pick. I liked him a lot. Um, I don't know who else. What do you think of Jeremy Sohan from Baylor? He's. He's feisty, mm-hmm. a little too feisty yesterday, the whole dang game was. But, uh, I mean, they turned Brady Manic into a, you know, into a gladiator, for crying out loud. Um, you covered Brady Manic, you know he's not a gladiator, but, you know, sometimes you get put into the pit and you got to go crazy. Yeah. Um, but I liked him uh, more than I thought. He, you know, he made some shots. He's still not greatly skilled, but he's... He's sort of a heady ball player and a tough ball player. Um, he looks like he, he looks like he could be. Uh, oh, who's uh, a more athletic, slightly less skilled Kenrich Williams type guy? Can just do all kinds of things on the court. I don't know that he's ever going to shoot forty percent from three point range, yeah. but he's he's tough and he's knowledgeable. He knows how to play. Uh, his parents, as you informed me, 
uh, met at Panhandle State in Oklahoma, which makes him the coolest dude in the whole wide world to me. I, I had talk. no idea that. I got to talk to the guy. I got to talk to the guy. Anybody <laughs> that spent time at Panhandle, the great untold story, Bill Bedenboe, the OU offensive line coach, he coached mm-hmm. a year at Panhandle State. And I have not done that story. And there for a minute, I thought he was going to go to USC with Lincoln Riley. And the whole state's bummed out at Lincoln's turncoatness. And I was bummed out because not that he was leaving or taking Caleb Williams. I was bummed out he's taking Bill Biedenboe because I hadn't done that story. But so uh, I, like, I like the kid. You're um, going to have to do a story on Sohan then because he's yeah. got the, the weirdest route ever. Born in Guyman. His, his mom is Polish. She came over to, to play basketball. He moved to England, and he's played for the Polish national team because of his mom. So uh, from Panhandle State to the Polish national team. Yeah. Um, I, I just I, mentioned him. I wanted to mention him because I wanted to talk about the level guys. He's probably a mid-level guy. There's a lot of people think he may go in the teens. Yeah, that's what – see, I haven't watched – you know, as much college basketball and and done draft prep. But when I was, you know, just doing some research, I was kind of surprised that he was being mentioned uh, as a lottery guy, sort of a back-end lottery pick. I, I didn't know he he was that well thought of. Yeah, and Brown also. I had an NBA person told me that Brown and Sohan probably both going to go in the first round. Mm-hmm. Greg Brown, the other freshman from Baylor. <laughs> So, uh, you know, there's just so much of this stuff. They, they see stuff I don't see or I don't look for, I guess. Uh, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with college dominance or college skill. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. We'll have, to, we'll have to see it all plays out. But, you know, Baylor goes out, which is unfortunate. I was pulling for the fighting Baylor Bears. But, um, yeah, I was saying I was excited to watch Keegan Murray, and then he, then Iowa gets gets upset. Oh, I didn't so. like him at all. I didn't like him <laughs> at all. I kept thinking this guy is supposed to be a first half of the first round type guy. I don't see it. Um, I'm watching Ivy now. I didn't get to see much of his game the other night, but he's clearly a good play. You know, you know his mother's the head coach at Notre Dame women. Yeah, they they showed it's her. A um, thing. I didn't know that till this yeah. weekend. Yeah, they showed her watching the game from her Oklahoma City hotel, just watching her son play. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is that is cool. But um, it's fun watching these guys. We'll just see to, who. just since uh, since he's kind of local as a Big Twelve guy, what do you what do you think of O'Shea Ogbaji from Baylor or from Kansas? I'm sorry, a Kansas man. Uh, I think he could be a solid pro. I doubt he's any kind of star, but he's he's athletic, not terribly athletic, but pretty athletic, and he's thick. He's not a thin guy, but he moves pretty good. He shoots pretty good. He's one of those guys, you know, you can have a long NBA career if you can do one thing well, Yeah. whether it's defend or shoot or whatever. The guys who are sort of all-around good ball players but not star level, Sometimes they can get shoved back. I'm fearful that could happen to uh, uh, to Igbaji, but I don't know if it will. He's probably there with Sohan. You know, yes, yeah, those two guys could both be there with that Clippers pick. Yeah. Uh, Christian Brown is mentioned as a late first-round pick, kid from Kansas. I don't like him. Um, I don't see him finishing 
too well in the NBA. He doesn't finish well in college. I don't know where he's going to finish well in the NBA. Um, so that's that's probably uh, – is that it on Big 12 players? I don't like the Texas guys. Tech. Yeah, I think that might be it as far as Big 12 goes. You know, I don't know about Isaiah Brockington at Iowa State. He's a really good player, but he's probably – going to have to get by on his shooting, then he's probably not a good enough shooter. So yeah. that, that, that may be it. Yeah, he's no Doug Eddert, <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who I didn't write up before the, before the tournament. But, uh, oh, goodness, go, go St. Peter's, go. That's, that's such a fun story. I, I, I love the tournament because of stuff like that. See, I saw a picture today of St. Peter's gym. It looks quite a bit like Norman North's, except it's not. It's clearly not as new or quite as nice, but it's built just like Norman North's, and probably seats about the same. Maybe seats, I don't know, maybe twenty five hundred, maybe. It's crazy. Um, but all they did is beat Kentucky. That's all they did. So, <laughs> oh, uh, the pearly gates were swinging wide on Thursday night. I can promise yeah. you that. That that was awesome. All right. Um, Well, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Thunder Buddies podcast. I am off tomorrow night, so we won't we won't have a podcast after that Celtics game. Um, But Barry, maybe we'll uh, if we can bring ourselves to do it. Maybe we'll jump back on after that second Thunder match. Well, we got to. We got to. We got to. (laughs) The Magic provide too much material. Far too much material. Not to. Not to discuss. Far too much. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you then.